In your Bibles this morning, Matthew chapter number 25. Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to look this morning. The title of the message is The Parable of the Ten Virgins. There were five wise and five foolish. And the setting of this parable, the Lord is uh, giving us one of his kingdom parables. He says, uh, the kingdom of God and is, is like unto. And he gives us a picture, something that we can uh, understand and apply and see uh, what is on earth that looks like what it's going to be uh, in God's kingdom and spiritually speaking. And the parable of the ten virgins, you've got ten ladies who have been tasked with leading the procession of the bridegroom to take his bride. And uh, the uh, Old Testament Jewish wedding was quite the ordeal. It's different than the days, that, that the way we do things today. There were three phases. There was, there was an engagement and a betrothal, and then there was an actual um, marriage, and it took place literally for years. Of, of parents would, would uh, pick, uh, and they would betroth their children to one another, and all the young people aren't married yet. They think, man, wouldn't that be great if my parents got to pick who I was going to marry? Wouldn't that be wonderful? That'd be so exciting, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> Uh, the truth is you should include your parents in the greatest decision that you'll ever make who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Uh, though we don't think that we should be picking parents or picking wives and husbands when they're little babies. Uh, but we do know that parents, your parents, should have a big place in and a big part in you making the decision who you're going to spend your life with. It's very important in the multitude of counselors, their safety. But in this story, uh, the, the emphasis is at an unspecified moment, the bridegroom is going to go and get his bride. And these ten ladies need to be ready with their candles, their lights, their lamps burning in order to lead the way and be part of this great procession. Now, you can begin to go into all of the hairy details about this, but I'm just going to tell you up front, I'm going to give you the key the most important thing that you know about this passage of Scripture is do you have oil in your lamp? The oil is of utmost importance. And we'll study this morning and I'll preach to you this message on the parable, the ten virgins. Look with me, Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise. And five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, 
For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. We come to this parable and uh, the story goes like this. You have the ten uh, virgins, you have these ten ladies and Five of them were wise. Five of them had, uh, had lamps with that were ready to be burned, ready to light, ready to fire, ready to be functioning. They had oil in their lamps. Not only did they have oil in their lamps, but they had extra oil with them. The other five, at first glance, at first glimpse, looked exactly the same. They had lamps. They looked like they were going to a marriage, but there was no oil. The moment comes when the midnight cry happens. And at the midnight cry, five trimmed their lamps and lit them and were ready and followed the bridegroom to the marriage. Five who looked apart had no oil. The opportunity to buy oil, to get oil, and still make the marriage had long passed. And the five foolish virgins did not make it to the marriage. The emphasis in verse 13 says, Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. And folks, I want you to know, our lives are short at best. Eternity is certain. The coming of the Lord is certain, though I'm quite certain that the majority of this Olivet Discourse deals with the Jews during the tribulation. I know that there's a very relevant application for all of us. One of two things is going to happen to every person in this room. Either one, we're going to die, or two, we're going to be called up together with the Lord in the clouds to be with the Lord forever. We'll be raptured out of here. What matters in both of those circumstances is do you have a personal relationship with Creator God through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ? The oil in this parable speaks clearly of the indwelling Holy Spirit, the power of God, God in your life. The only way I know to have God in your life is to receive by faith the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And so when we look at this parable, the parable of the ten virgins, we'll start number one with this. Number one, is there oil in your lamp? You need to ask yourself this question. Is there oil in your lamp? Look what the Bible says in verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now this is a fascinating thing. All ten, wise and foolish alike, they had their wedding garb on. They had their lamps in their hands. Whatever that lamp exactly looked like, there's different folks who have different ideas. The bottom line is it was something that would burn oil and make a light. They all had their lamps in their hands, and this was what it looked like to go to the wedding. You know, how you dress when you go to a wedding is often different. And that's one of the reasons why us men hate weddings. There's one negative, big fat negative being a preacher, is you have to dress up for all the weddings. And you have to go to almost all of them too. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm for weddings and marriages, and so therefore I will do what has to be done. And, uh, and I'm thankful. 
But you know, when you go to the wedding, you, you're prepared and you look a little different and you, you do things a little different. And it's a little bit awkward at times for certain folks. But these, all 10 of these ladies, they were going to the wedding. They wanted to be part of this marriage. They wanted to be present and they wanted to look the part. They were all going with their lamps. You see it there in verse number one. They went forth to meet the bridegroom. They took their lamps and they went forth to meet the bridegroom. Let me tell you something that's true about almost every person that's ever lived. If in fact it's true that there is a real heaven, everybody wants to go there. There's lots of folks who don't believe there's a heaven. I do. I believe there's a heaven because the Bible teaches there's a heaven. A lot of folks don't believe that there's a hell, but I do because the Bible teaches that there's a hell. I believe there's a heaven because Jesus taught us about heaven. I believe there's a hell because Jesus taught us about hell. And I want you to know something. I don't want to go to hell when I die. I want to be with the bridegroom. I want to go to the wedding. And so you've got ten folks here, and all of them sincerely want to go to the wedding. You get the point? Everybody wants to go to the wedding. Everybody wants to go to heaven when they die. Everybody wants that to spend eternity in, in what God has prepared. Everybody wants what's good as opposed to what's bad. They all wanted to meet the bridegroom. The Bible says in verse number 2, And five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. Now, I want you to know something. Wise and foolish has nothing to do with IQ. It has nothing to do with how intelligent you are. How many of you ever met somebody that was super intelligent but very, very foolish? How many of you ever met somebody that wasn't very intelligent but they were very, very wise? It happens, right? So wise and foolish is not, oh, wow, this person was born with a big set of brains, so therefore they were wise. This person was a woke up on the wrong side of the gene pool and therefore he's very foolish. It has nothing to do with that. Wise and foolish is not a matter of intellect. Wise and foolish, according to God's word, is a matter of submission to the right authority. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. But a wise man obeys the Lord seeks to know the Lord, yearns to know the truth. Wise and foolish. We have wise and foolish ladies in this story. Five were wise, five were foolish. Verse number three. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. What is the difference between wise and foolish in this story? Wise and foolish, the difference between wise and foolish is the foolish took their lamps and no oil. The wise took their lamps and their oil. The deal, the difference, the deal breaker is the oil. The foolish had lamps and no oil. Let me tell you something. These ladies looked the part. They looked like they were going to a marriage. They looked like they were going to be part of a marriage, but they had no oil. Let me tell you something. A lot of put, people put a lot of credit and a lot of value on looking like a Christian or looking 
like a Bible believer or looking like a religious person or looking clean or looking whole or looking righteous. Let me tell you something. If there's no oil, if you just look the part to keep people at bay, if you just do what you have to do in order to get by to keep your wife from fussing too much, do what you have to do to keep your husband from fussing too much, do what you got to do to keep mom and grandma from giving you down the road for not being part of a church. Let me tell you something. It's a foolish thing to carry a lamp without oil. It's a foolish thing to think somehow that the appearance of religion and faith in Christ is a substitute for the real thing. Is there oil in your lamp? Are you playing a game? Jesus says, I want you to know something. You may look like you're going to a marriage, but if there's no oil in your lamp, you're foolish. The oil speaks of the Spirit of God, the purse of Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit indwelling you and filling you and leading you and guiding you, a connection and relationship personally with God which God has made available to all of us. It's not that hard. We could complicate it. The Lord Jesus wants to live in your life and your heart and be your Lord and Savior. He's faithful. The foolish had lamps and no oil. The wise had lamps, oil, and extra oil. Look at the Bible says in verse 5. While the bridegroom tarried, I'm sorry, verse 4, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. They had vessels with their lamps. Most folks believe this was a couple different parts. They had a, a, a lamp full of oil and they had vessels of oil ready to go. They were prepared. Let me tell you something. It's good to be filled with the Spirit of God. The wise had their lamps, their oils, and extra oil. The matters, the oil. The Bible says in verse 5, While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Now, I'm a preacher, and I like opportunities when the Scripture comes and gives me the opportunity. I like opportunities to step on somebody's toes just a little. You can't help it if you're a preacher. If you don't like stepping on somebody's toes every now and then when you're preaching, you must not be much of a preacher. And so you read this verse, verse number 5, and you say, you see these folks, they're tearing for the bridegroom, and they slumbered and slept. The first thing the preacher wants to do is, I want to preach on being lazy bums. But you know what's kind of fun? Both the foolish and the wise rested. And let me just make a point here. If you think somehow it's ultra extra spiritual to destroy your body, the temple of God, by overworking, overdoing, and undercaring for yourself, and you think that's spiritual somehow, you're a fool. God in creation designed one whole day out of seven for rest. Don't forget it. There's no room for laziness in the Christian life, but there's also much room, one-seventh room for rest. God's people are to take care of themselves. And the fuss here is not the bridegroom sleeping and slumbering. They were just waiting. They were just doing their things. They were just waiting on the arrival of the bridegroom. The whole deal is the oil. Is there oil in your lamp? If there's going to be oil in your lamp, it's going to start... There's been a time in your life where you knew that you were a sinner. God made it clear that you were a sinner, that your sin condemned you. There's going to be, if there's oil in your life, there's going to be this time where you realize you're a sinner and you came to the realization that Jesus Christ 
the message of the gospel. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. You're going to understand that you needed a sacrifice. You needed a substitute. You needed somebody to pay your sin debt. Someone that was able to forgive your sin. And if you have oil in your lamp, it's going to be the result of the conviction of sin. And you receiving, accepting, and believing on Jesus Christ and Christ alone for your soul salvation. Oil in your lamp begins with having Jesus in your heart. Oil in your lamp continues as God's people, as we walk with the Lord. We have time, we make time to study and know God through his word, to fellowship with God's people, to do the work of the Lord. Is there oil in your lamp? I'm going to tell you something. There's coming a time, and we do not know when, that the oil that's in your lamp is going to be all that matters. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important part of living and dying and eternity. And for all of us right now, your relationship with Jesus Christ should be the most important part of your living. I'll tell you, if you think, oh man, I'm young, I've got plenty of time. There's no oil in your land. There's no relationship with Jesus. There's no burden for lost souls. There's no interest in being holy and doing the right thing. There's no, there's no a desire to please the Lord with your life. Let me tell you something. There's no oil in your lamb. There's coming a time that the oil in your lamb is the most important thing. Is there oil in your lamb? We go into the scene and there's no doubt five foolish and five wise and my heart bleeds for all ten. But the oil is all that matters in the parable of the ten virgins. Number one, is there oil in your lamp? Number two, number two, are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you ready to meet Jesus? Look at the Bible says in verse number six. And at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Are you ready to meet Jesus? This is the infamous midnight cry. You know, what has to happen in order for Jesus to come and take his church? The answer is absolutely nothing. If you turn the page in the calendar of God's plan for the world, the next page that turns in the calendar of God's plan for the world is the rapture of the church. Folks sing and we talk about there's signs of the times everywhere. It's true. And folks, I want you to know it could happen in a moment that Jesus Christ could come with a trump, the voice of God in the clouds to call his children home. The church is raptured out of here. Look, it could happen any time. The rapture, the midnight cry, it could happen any time. You know something else could happen any time? And it's tough, but it's real. Something that happened any time is death. Oh, just this week, just this week I've spent time counseling with folks who've dealt with sudden death. Precious family today in Tennessee are going to have a funeral service for a 26-year-old girl with a lot of life ahead of her was killed suddenly in a car accident last week. Death comes. You know, you and I, we're not promised another moment. 
much less another day or another week. And we should take very seriously the fact that our lives are short. And I want you to know, are you ready to meet Jesus? If the answer is yes, hallelujah, praise his name, live life with great peace knowing that God is faithful. But if you're not ready to meet Jesus, I want you to understand something. It could happen today. I don't want it to. I'll just tell you this time last week when I was preaching, I never imagined I'd have to announce to you this morning that my dear uncle would be gone. But he is. He's with the Lord. We rejoice in God's promise. We thank God he was ready to meet Jesus. I'm thankful there was oil in his lamp. And oh, what promise we have. But I want you to know, I didn't think about it even early yesterday morning when I woke up and thought about him and prayed for him. That today might be the day. But death is coming. Death has a 100% success rate so far. And I want you to know that God has made it possible for you to be ready for the rapture, return of Christ, or death, whichever comes first. Look what the Bible says in verse number 6. In verse number 6, at, the, at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. And look at the next phrase. Go ye out to meet him. Folks, I want you to know something. There's coming a day that we'll all meet our Creator. It could happen today. And if we're going to meet our Creator and experience the glory of eternity with Him in heaven, we're going to have to be washed clean through the blood of Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus. You're going to have to be saved. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Look at the midnight cry. Verse number 7. Look at what the Bible says here in verse number 7. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Now this is fascinating. So the midnight cry, go meet him. Go meet the bride. You're going to the wedding. All of a sudden, the cry came. All of a sudden, everybody's like, we got to trim for our lamps. we got to get our lamps lit. I need, I need you to light my lamp. I need you to light my lamp. All of a sudden, the function of the lamp and the oil became important. Now, here's the deal. There were five of these ladies who knew that the function of the lamp would be absolutely important and they had oil in their lamps. And so when it came time to trim their lamps and to cause them to burn and burn brightly, they were ready. But the five foolish who looked the part, smelled the part, acted the part, wanted to go to heaven... Wanted to be with the bridegroom. Wanted to be part of the wedding. Five, the foolish who had forsaken and neglected the most important part. The inner part. The part that you couldn't see. The part that was between them and God. The part that wasn't visible. Those five. All of a sudden, the function of the lamp became very important. Let me tell you something. You need to make sure... That whatever your faith is or whatever your faith is in is right. Ask yourself this question. Is my faith practice right? I didn't ask, it if it, ask you if it was independent Baptist. I didn't ask you if it was Southern Baptist. I didn't ask you if it was Methodist. I didn't ask you if it was Episcopalian. I didn't ask you if it's Catholic. I didn't ask you if it's atheist. I'm asking you, is your faith right? You know something that I think is so wonderful? God has told us, if any man lack wisdom, let me ask of God, 
who gives the all men liberal and that breath. Let me tell you something. Knowing God and knowing the truth and knowing what's right is available and possible for you and all men. God wants to speak to you and show you the truth. Is your faith practice right? Is your view of God right? Let me tell you and ask you this. Does your faith stand the death test? In light of death and eternity. If God is real, does your faith stand the death test? You see, there's coming a moment when the function of your faith is going to be of utmost and utter importance. As a matter of fact, there's coming a moment where what you believe about God and what you've done with Jesus Christ in your life is all that matters. We stood last night by the bedside with Uncle Dave. And that moment when he left this world and entered the glories of heaven, there were so many things that we knew about him that did not matter. There was one thing we knew about him that mattered all. The fact that he knew Jesus. He loved Jesus. And the fact that God's word says, when you know Christ by faith as your Savior, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There's come a moment, folks, when the only thing that matters is if your faith functions and passes the death test. Will you trust in, eh, I think? Will you trust in, eh, maybe? Will you trust in, I don't know if there's really a God. Will you trust in, you know, there's lots of ways to heaven. Let me tell you what I'm going to trust in. I'm going to trust in the only Savior we've ever known that claimed to be God, who fulfilled the Old Testament with his living and dying and resurrection. I'm going to trust in Christ Jesus who came to earth as a baby in Bethlehem's manger. I'm going to trust in Jesus who lived a sinless life. I'm going to trust in Jesus who both claimed to be God and was God. I'm going to trust in Jesus who died on the cross and was buried and three days later defeated death, hell, and the grave and ascended into heaven and said, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going to trust in the God of the Bible, in the person of Jesus Christ. I'm going to trust in the one that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Are you ready to meet Jesus? It became of utter importance at that moment that their lamps functioned. Let me tell you something. Religion doesn't function without the oil of the Holy Spirit. Religion doesn't function without the oil of the person of Jesus Christ. Religion doesn't function without saving faith in Jesus. Religion does not function in its appearance only. It requires the oil. You ready to meet Jesus? Verse number 8. The Bible says, the foolish said unto wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Now, all of a sudden, the foolish girls said, you know, I don't want to get oil all over my new dress. The foolish girl said, I don't want to carry that extra burdensome bag of oil, vessel of oil. 
The foolish said, I don't want to burden myself down. Let me tell you something. There was a season there where the oil didn't matter, but there came a moment where the only thing that mattered was the oil. Let me tell you, there's coming a moment where the only thing that matters is what you've done with Jesus. And you may say, I'm young, I'm going to live it up, I'm going to do what I want to do. Let me tell you something, if you leave God out, and if you're not saved, you're going to suffer the judgment and wrath of God. And if you are saved, you're missing out on God's greatest gift and blessing. His guidance, His leadership, His presence, His blessing in your life. I could give you and stand here and give you story after story all day long of contrasting stories, pictures of young people who said, you know what, I'm going to let God rule in my life. I'm going to make Him first. And I can tell you the joys and successes and glories. Is it all easy? No. Is it all honey? No. But I'm going to tell you something. When you decide to follow Jesus with your life as a young person, man, it is a great thing to be in the center of God's will. And I can tell you story after story after story after story of folks who said, I'm just going to leave the oil. I'm going to leave God out of my life for this season. i got things I want to do and experience And I can tell you story after story of the regrets. I'm just going to tell you, the oil is of utmost importance at the end. But I'm going to tell you, there's no sweeter thing than living a life that's full of the Holy Spirit. That's directed by Jesus Christ. Don't neglect the oil. The oil is all that mattered. These girls all of a sudden are like, oh man, I don't have oil. The Bible says in Verse number 8, the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Verse number 9, but the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Now, when I first read this verse, I think, man, they should have just shared some oil. But I'm telling you right now, the opportunity to get oil, Oil to get Jesus is right now. It's right now. Now, look, these girls had ample opportunity. There was a season of sleeping and slumbering. There was a season of preparation. There were opportunities to get oil. There was plenty of time to get oil. The opportunity to get the oil had passed. And the wise are not being selfish. The foolish were ill-prepared. The Bible says in verse 10, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. I've underlined that phrase, the door was shut. You know that there's coming a time where the door shuts. The opportunity has ended. I'll tell you, God is rich in mercy, and he extends his mercy, and he extends his mercy, and he extends his mercy. And I'm just going to tell you something. You might know in your heart God has been very merciful to me. I don't, I've not received what I deserve. And as rotten as I've been, God has been good to be awful merciful to me. Let me tell you something. There's coming a moment where the door shuts. You don't know when it is. But I'll tell you, while you're breathing air today, on a day like today, you should repent of your sin. You should let Jesus come into your heart and be your Savior. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Now's the time to get your oil. Let me tell you something. Right now, I'm sharing oil. 
Right now, Jesus is willing and ready to fill you, save you, and use you, and bless you. Now's the time to get the oil before the door is shut. The Bible says in verse number 11, Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. This is such a sad story. They'd gone to get their oil. It was too late. The door was shut. And when they came, they came pounding on the door. Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. There is a time when it's too late. The good news is it's not right now. The Bible says in verse 13, Therefore, in light of all this, watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Watch. Now is the time to get your oil. Watch. Watch. I want you to look in your own heart. I want you to ask God to show you where you stand with Him. Are you living in rebellion against your Creator? Are you living life and taking your eternity for granted? Have you left Jesus out? And with the most compassion I can muster, I'm telling you, a foolish decision to live life without Jesus. You need oil. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Watch. Watch. I'm reminded of something. Thinking about thinking about young people. You know, there's folks around here, there's a possibility. You get a scholarship to do this or that. That's great. There's a possibility you'll marry that little girl that you're in love with. There's a possibility you might marry that little boy you've got eyes for. There's a possibility you go to college. There's a possibility you'll, you'll get a job. There's a possibility you'll, you'll have a successful career. There's a possibility you'll make something in this world. There's a possibility. It's a chance. It's a possible. In my heart, I hope the best for all of us. There's a possibility that things will go your way. Let me tell you something. It's an absolute certainty that all of us are going to stand before God one day. It's an absolute certainty that all of us are going to give account to God for our sins. And at that moment, the only thing that matters is what have you done with Jesus? Have you made him the Lord of your life and your Savior? Have you surrendered your will to his? Everything else in life is, it might be, it might happen, it could. I wish you the best. But it's absolutely certain. It's pointed a man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. And we all need oil in our lamps. We all need Jesus. Are you ready to meet him? That's the parable. The ten virgins. Truth should apply to our own hearts and lives. Is there oil in your lamp? Are you ready to meet Jesus? Oh, I pray the answer is yes, yes. Yes, yes.